Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous and I also hope that you can't hear that building work that is going on outside. It's very frustrating. I hope that by the time I've cleared up this audio, it doesn't go chuka chuka chuk in your ear. Today, we are talking again about overeating. I realise that this is such a big topic that I've broken it down. So the first episode I did was how to stop overeating and we had a look at the desires that were going on behind that. The second episode we did, we had a look at fear and the fear of hunger. Today, we are going to be talking about how to not overeat at dinner time and how to not overeat at night time. Next week, we will be talking about how to not overeat when you're stressed. Before we get started, I want to tell you about my likes and dislikes exercise that I have been doing. Can you imagine if you could change your likes and dislikes? Say, for example, you have a food that you love to eat and you know it's really not helping you with your healthy eating habits. Let's say that food is cookies and you would like to not like cookies so much. And conversely, it might be that you also don't really like some healthy foods and you'd like to be able to like them a little bit more because you know that eating them is good for you and is going to help you get to your health and weight loss goals. So imagine if you could say, I don't like eating cookies so much and I do like eating broccoli a little bit more. Imagine if you could really and truly change those likes and dislikes. Well, I have been doing an experiment, a thought experiment that I have learnt from NLP training. Now, if you haven't heard of NLP before, it's Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it's an interesting concept. It's not quite science, but it's really thinking about the way our brains work and how we jump to conclusions. So, for example, think about Sometimes you smell a smell and it just transports you to a different time. It's almost like connections and patterns. So you have, you smell a smell and it creates a connection to a pattern. And that pattern is whatever that picture was for you in the past. And so 
It's using this framework of connections and patterns and thinking we create these in our minds. How can we understand this framework more and use it to our advantage by changing those connections and patterns? Absolutely amazing stuff. So I have been experimenting. My first experiment was amazing. It took half an hour. We had a half an hour chat and the lady in question said she wanted to decrease her like of cookies and increase her like of broccoli. So we did this experiment. And by the end of it, she said, cookies do not feel so appealing and broccoli feels less scary. Now, in my book, that is a big win. We will see how she progresses and whether she can maintain those thoughts. It's an interesting experiment. So I am running this experiment. And at the moment, because I'm still experimenting, I am offering it for absolutely free to anybody who wants to do it in the next two weeks. It's half an hour of your time on a video call. If you're interested, either reply to one of my emails or email me at orlina at drorlina.com. So that's O-R-L-E-N-A at drorlina.com. I will not be offering this for free indefinitely. So if you're interested, as I say right now, it's a bit of an experiment because I'm still learning this process. Reach out and email me to avoid or how to not overeat when you're stressed. So let's have a think about how to not overeat at dinner time. And I'm going to split this up into two sections. The first section, we're going to have a think about all of those things that we need to do not at the dinner table. So looking at the big picture. And then we'll hone in and have a look at actual dinner time and night time. So the first big thing we need to have a look at is how we lead our lives. And I think this is something that is very overlooked when we think about how are we overeating at dinner time. We tend to focus solely on dinner and what is going on at dinner. But the reality is, is we need to take a step back and look at all of the things that we are doing. And hey, you know what? Have you guessed what I'm going to tell you? The big, big secret? Yes, of course, my four pillars. So what are those four pillars? The four pillars are nutrition what we eat, exercise, sleep, and sleep is a big one, and emotional wellness. And once we have got a good foundation and created good habits, and it's all about habits and systems in all four of these pillars, then naturally you will notice that your desire to overeat at dinner time diminishes when you're eating the right foods. So for example, I often feel very, very full at both lunch and dinner time. I eat a diet that is full of vegetables and legumes and lentils. And I feel like I eat an awful lot at both of those meals. And sometimes I do feel like I have overeaten. But have I really overeaten? Because I'm not gaining weight. So really, the definition of overeating is eating more than your body requires. And I'm not eating more than my body requires. The reality is, is that these foods are not high calorie foods, they're bulking foods. And so I feel very, very full up after my meals. I could probably do with eating a little bit less. But I feel satisfied. I feel the posh word is satiated. And I don't put on weight. I'm giving my body the nutrients, the energy, the nourishment that it needs. So when you're eating a healthy 
meal, you can eat a reasonable amount of food and it's not overeating. So that's pillar number one. Pillar number two is exercise. When you've created an exercise routine that you love, that incorporates movement throughout the day, and some of that, we've talked about exercise previously. I did some podcasts at the beginning of the year talking about exercise and movement, but you want to be aiming to be getting out of breath and you want to be aiming to move regularly throughout the day. And that's going to help you as well. One of the things that exercise does is it decreases your insulin levels so that you have a better, your body deals with the food that it eats in a better way. And once you can get your hormones balanced, then you're more likely to not want to overeat. Pillar number three, sleep. Sleep is so important. I've done previous podcasts on sleep, one with Dr. Zarin. I recommend going and having a listen to those. The bottom line is that sleep really affects your hunger. When you are sleep deprived, you feel much more hungry. And also, not only hungry, but you want to eat those foods that you know are not great. So those comfort foods. It's almost like you want to wrap yourself up in a blanket of comfort. Last week, I had to stay up super late. I was doing a training and the person who was doing the training was in California and the time difference is nine hours. And because the training was amazing, I decided that this time I had to stay up late and I didn't get to bed till half past midnight. It was probably around one o'clock in the morning before I fell asleep. And normally I'm asleep by 10.30. So that's two whole hours of sleep deprivation. And the next morning I woke up going, oh my goodness, give me more sleep. My body felt sluggish. I felt, I normally jump out of bed thinking, hooray, it's amazing, a wonderful day. I'm off to do my seven minute workout. Now I still did my seven minute workout because that's the habit I have, but it felt like I was doing my seven minute workout with weights attached to me. It felt so much more hard work. And yes, I felt hungrier and I wanted to just eat more breakfast and eat more of everything. And the other thing I noticed was that everybody else seemed to be far more grumpy. And I said to my husband, I was quite open about this. I said, I am feeling super tired today. Please just everybody help me get through the day. Are you all really grumpy? And he said, no, (laughs) we're all just normal. It's just your perception has changed. And I really think that my perception of how people were reacting to me was totally different. Now, it was a really good exercise for me because the next day or that night I went to bed. The next day I woke up feeling, oh, wow, amazing. I've got bucket loads of energy. What a fabulous day. And the contrast was fabulous. Just a really good reminder that my habit, my consistent habit of going to bed and getting eight hours sleep means that I wake up in the morning full of energy and with my hunger cues calibrated so that I'm not overeating because I feel tired. So tired sleep is a big one. If you don't do anything after listening to this podcast, make sure that you go to bed on time and get your eight hours sleep. So that is pillar number three. And pillar number four is emotional wellness. And those are some of the things that we talked about in the last two podcasts. Now, 
The thing about these pillars is I can tell you about the pillars and I can tell you about the pillars and you can read about the pillars and you can listen to other people telling you the same kind of thing, but in a different way. Until you make changes, it doesn't make any difference. So on that note, I would like to remind you or invite you that in April, starting on April the 12th, I'm doing my big healthy you, healthy family habit change. And we will be creating one healthy habit in that week. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be a week of action taking. And I will let you know when it's ready for sign up the week before we will sign up. So now I want to focus in more on dinner time and the things that you can do surrounding dinner to help you not overeat in the moment. Now, I said I wanted to just talk a little bit about specific times that I see people really tripping up on. So how to stop overeating at dinner time. And I see this as a really big place where people overeat. And one of the reasons, interestingly, is as we go through the day, we make more and more decisions. So if you look at the way people eat, normally people are very consistent with what they eat for breakfast because their habits are strong and they just do the same thing over and over again. As we go through the day, we have to make more and more decisions. And if you haven't got that habit of this is what I do and I do it regularly, then you are deciding. And if you get to, okay, I've got to this many decisions, my brain can no longer cope. You're often going to make the not desired decision. You've got decision fatigue. And instead of choosing the decision that is in your best interests to get to your weight loss goal, you've got the decision which is, I'm enjoying this food, I'm going to carry on overeating. So dinner is a particularly, what should we say, stress point. I think it's interesting to take a step back and have a look at dinner. One thing that I see is people and I include myself in this and my children, it's very easy to get into the habit of having seconds. And I would say that is a habit. So thinking about how can you make it easy to not overeat at dinner? So some things that you can do are pre-plate. So, you know, you, you serve your portion. This is the portion. Get out of that habit of having seconds. This is what I'm going to eat. I'm going to make that decision now and I'm going to eat that and I'm not going to have seconds. And remember, lots and lots of vegetables. Another great tip is to put it on a small plate. There's been research that shows if you have a small plate that is super full, you feel like you have eaten more than if you have it on a big plate that is got the same amount but looks empty. And this really shows us that actually we look at external cues to tell us when we're full up, which really and truly we shouldn't, but it is human nature to do it. And another experiment they've done is looking at people who have bowls of soup and secretly they were filling up some of the bowls of soup. I have no idea how they did this. But people who finished their bowl of soup said, okay, I'm full. I've had enough now. The people whose bowls were being filled up secretly they would look and go, oh, I've still got half a bowl of soup left. They've had the same as the other people, but because their bowl is still half full, in their brain, they're saying, I have only had half a bowl. So I'm still hungry and I can eat more. And this is all taking our cues from externally, whereas really and truly, we want to think about ourselves and get internal and really listen to our are we full up signals. 
which a lot of us have overridden and we need to get back into doing it. But to begin with, we can use external cues to help us not overeat. So number one, think about your portions in size. Only have one portion. Don't have seconds. A lot of people like to have dessert. I would say dessert is a treat and it's not necessary. If you are going to have dessert, it's a really good idea to eat it all at the same time because typically what happens is you fill yourself up on your main course and then you eat dessert and really and truly you're overeating. So I would say dessert is totally optional. We don't have dessert in our family other than on Friday and Saturday and we have That's just our routine. Friday and Saturday dessert because the children like it. But you can have dessert from time to time. You definitely don't need to have it every single day. If you do want dessert, then make it healthy and serve it at the same time so that your brain is seeing all the things that you are eating. Another thing that I frequently see is people enjoying the moment. So you're sitting down. It's a little bit of a relax in the daytime and you say... I just want this to carry on. I'm enjoying being with my family. I don't really want to get up and do the dishes. So I'm just going to sit here and have a little bit more. Well, acknowledge that that's what you're enjoying. Acknowledge that that period of time is something that is enjoyable to you. That's a fantastic golden learning opportunity because you can say, how can I create, how can I carry on enjoying this moment, but I don't have to eat something. One thing that I personally really love is to have a herbal tea afterwards, so an infusion, something that doesn't contain sugar or caffeine. And that really just helps you draw out that time for a little bit. Um, And, you know, you could do a few minutes of allowing your dinner to go down, boiling the kettle, having your tea, that's 10 or 15 minutes. And by the time you've done that, really and truly, those hunger signals have caught up. There's a bit of a delay in your body. So you can eat and eat and eat super quickly. Your food sort of hits your stomach. Those signals don't reach your body. And it's one of the reasons why my children, I often say to them, they'll ask for seconds. Again, another habit. They may genuinely be hungry. Okay, can you just wait a few minutes whilst I finish my dinner? I will serve seconds afterwards. Now, this might be slightly contradictory because I've just said don't have seconds. Um... I think with children, you don't want them to get into the habit of having seconds. But if they are genuinely hungry, that's great. If they're in contact with those cues and they're saying, I am hungry, then allow them to have seconds. But really and truly, make sure that they are genuinely hungry. So another thing that I see is people saying, how can I not overeat at night time? Well, I recommend stopping eating after dinner. So you have dinner and then you don't eat. And normally, depending on your routine, that allows you to have 12 to 14 hours minimum resting your your body from eating, which allows your glucose levels to go down. It allows your insulin levels to reset. And it's just a good idea to allow your body to not be processing food at that period of time. So how can I not eat at nighttime? you can just make that decision. I'm going to not eat after dinner. 
And once you've made that decision, okay, it might be a little bit tough for the first few days, but once you've made that decision in your head, I don't do this. I don't eat after dinner. I'm going to make sure that I am satisfied at dinner and then I am going to stop eating. Now, you're allowed to have an infusion or a drink which doesn't have sugar or, well, caffeine. If you want to eat caffeine, you can. It's not going to affect your calorie intake. It's going to affect your sleep. And caffeine late at night affects most people. So I would recommend not caffeine. And included in that is not alcohol because alcohol contains calories. So after dinner, if you want to have something, have a herbal tea. But I'm talking about, you know, say you have dinner at six, at eight or nine o'clock, you can have something to drink. Now, remember, it does go through your body. So if you drink something later on at night, you may need to get out of bed in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. But if you just make that decision, I'm not going to do it. And you put that boundary in place for yourself it's really easy to stick to. And it's something that I used to do. I used to eat after dinner. When I look back years and years ago, and I had, my children were much younger, and I was at that time writing blog posts about how to help children eat healthily. And quite often, when the kids had gone to bed, I would sit down and do some work. And in order to encourage myself, I would give myself a little bite of chocolate. Until I really thought about this and realised that what that was doing was giving me an extra spike of glucose and insulin, and it was all very sugary. Now, I don't think chocolate is forbidden, but it's much better to eat your chocolate as part of a meal than to eat it separately. So I just made that decision. I'm not going to eat after dinner. Okay, occasionally, if it's a special occasion, I will eat later on. But generally, I don't eat later than dinner. And if you have reflux, this is a really good thing to do as well. Or if somebody in your family has reflux, a really good thing to do. And now I find that really easy to stick to. One of my weaknesses is my nut box. I have a big box of nuts and we eat reasonable amount of nuts. So for breakfast, we all have nuts. We might have nuts as snack. We might have nuts at lunchtime. And I notice that when that box is out, if I walk past it, It's really easy for me to just put my hand in and get a couple of nuts. A bad habit, I know. In the evening time, I will get my nuts ready for the next morning. I soak them. Not all of them, but I soak the ones for breakfast. And if it's after dinner time, I just don't pick those nuts. It's just something that I have got into the habit of doing. It's a boundary that I have set for myself. I don't eat after dinner and it's really easy to stick to. So just make the decision and stick to it. And it may be difficult to begin with, but it gets much, much easier, just like cycling to school. And lastly, I think I see a problem with how do I stop overeating if I'm bored or stressed? Perhaps I should do another whole podcast about that. So first of all, I would say go back and listen to the podcast that we did last week, which really talks about in that moment. If you're bored and stressed, you also need to look at your long-term plan. So if you're stressed, it's not just about that moment. It's about rewriting your life and thinking, okay, there's an awful lot of things I can do to manage stress. I can't do them all today, but I can start implementing them. And this is really work that takes time and thinking about how to change your life, how to implement that bit by bit. And you need two 
tools. You need your tool in the immediate. Now, what do I do right now? Which is looks like something like breathing. So deep breathing. Okay, I feel bored. I feel stressed. I'm going to just get back to center. I'm going to do some breathing exercises. I would add you need to practice your breathing exercises. You can't learn breathing exercises in that heat of the moment. But the other thing you really need to do is really look at your habits, routines and systems and work out how you can decrease your stress or boredom and how you can create your your lifestyle so that you minimize boredom and stress and increase enjoyment and all the great things in life. And on that note, I would say in April, starting on April the 12th, I'm going to be doing my Healthy You, Healthy Family Habit Challenge. And we will be thinking about all of these things. So thinking about healthy eating and healthy living. So it's not quite ready to take signups, but it will be soon. And you can sign up and we can go into that in more depth. Here's an interesting question. Do you ever eat food after brushing your teeth? I notice in my life that I have always had this internal limit that once I have brushed my teeth, that's it. I'm not going to eat anything anymore. Mostly it's because I have this belief that if I brush my teeth, I then and eat something, I then need to go and brush my teeth again. Also, the taste of toothpaste does really affect foods. So I know when I go to market on Sunday morning, I'll often have brushed my teeth. I go to market and then all the stallholders are offering me to try their beautiful clementines and oranges or whatever amazing fruit it is they have on offer. And even before we all had to wear masks, I would always say no, because I knew I had that taste of toothpaste in my mouth and that the fruit wasn't going to taste nice, even if it was delicious fruit. Now, this is an interesting question because I have created this internal boundary, which says, after I've brushed my teeth, I'm not going to eat anything. And if you're trying to say, I want to stop eating after dinner, but you find that difficult and you do have that internal boundary of, I'm not going to eat anything after I've brushed my teeth. Well, one simple solution is just to go and brush your teeth. The other thing is to look at what is different between after dinner and brushing your teeth. How is it that you can maintain that boundary of brushing your teeth and you can't maintain that boundary of not eating after dinner? So just some interesting thoughts for you. Now, remember that I'm offering the likes and dislikes experiment for the next two weeks. Email me at orlina at drorlina.com. Next week, we will be talking about stress and overeating. And just a last quick note, I have been doing Dr. Rolina's office hours and I've been doing them every single Wednesday. I'm finding every single Wednesday a little bit too much to keep up with. My schedule is a little bit busy at the moment. So I'm going to cut that down to once a month. And once a month, I will offer free coaching where people can come in and come and chat and we will do some exercises which are related to the podcast. So I will let you know when the next one will be. It'll be at the end of March. If you're interested come and take me up on that offer in the next two weeks of the likes and dislikes experiments. As I say, it's not going to be available for free for much longer than that. Have a fabulous week and I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you 
you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Orlina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at drorlina, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.